0: What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap here for the Fightful.com podcast, November 30th edition. Unfortunately, last night there were some site-wide Google Hangout issues that prevented us from doing a show right after SmackDown and 205 Live. But we're here now. We are joined by Alex Pawlowski, Associate Editor of Fightful.com. Alex, how are you? Uh, Doing well um, and ready to attack this day with an intensity previously unknown to mankind. I like these afternoon podcasts. I don't have to have a giant light in my face. It's a little dark in here, a little dark.
1: I'm I'm a little backlit by the halo of the uh, glass block window, but... eh.
0: I'll take that over a giant lighting rig in my face any day. We have a busy weekend at Fightful. We have a busy week at Fightful. If you all uh, haven't checked out what's up on the site right now, I have my newest long-form feature, this one of the MMA Variety It's called Weathering the Storm, the Roller Coaster of Gerald Hurricane Harris. Gerald Harris uh, was a competitor on the Ultimate Fighter Season 7, along with Fightful.com's Matt Riddle. And he eventually made it to the UFC. He formed a great friendship with Quentin Rampage Jackson. He made it to the UFC, had to overcome his brother passing away. He fought a week after that. He uh, came into the UFC, had three highlight reel victories, including one that made it on the ESPN on what I thought was the best card ever, most exciting card ever, UFC 116. He had one bad fight and then was cut. Many people called it the worst cut of all time, right up there with the Matt Riddle cut. He never got back to the UFC. He retired. He is fighting this Friday, and he has such a great story. Like... I've never seen a fighter that got a raw deal more times than Gerald Harris, and it was interesting to see him talk about it. And he doesn't see it like that. He's not the, he's not the kind of guy who's like, I got a raw deal. So uh, I, I encourage you all to check that out. Please share it. Lots of work went into that, but also he fights this Friday. We also have the feature from Showdown Joe, our MMA insider, who was on his way to Miami to call Titan FC this weekend, by the way. Talking about George St. Pierre sounding off at the Gentleman's Expo that they hosted together. Hey, you doubt our sources, you better just go ahead and stop because we got Showdown Joe hosting shows with George St. Pierre. Also, up on the page right now, What Culture Pro Wrestling uh, Delete Live Viewing Party. That's up. We've got that going on. Also, this afternoon, we are on the conference call for the supposed industry changing announcement featuring GSP Donald Cerrone uh kane velazquez bjorn rebney all kinds of people all over the place we have stuff then this weekend we have coverage of bellator on friday ring of honor final battle on friday night live coverage of the ufc ultimate fighter finale featuring demetrius mighty mouse johnson who i think is the best pound for pound fighter in the world uh and bellator that night sunday we have uh, wwe tlc so lots of live coverage to, uh, to bring to you all this weekend. Lots of stuff coming your way. Uh, I believe NXT tapes tonight. I'm going to double check on that. But no shortage of things to uh, keep you busy over at Fightful.com. But for now, we have SmackDown 205 Live. Alex, what did you think of SmackDown, the go-home show for WWE TLC this weekend?
1: Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, they, they did a really good job of progressing all of the stories into Sunday. Uh, a lot of what happens with go home episodes, at least has in the past, is that they're, they already get to the second to last chapter in a story heading into a pay-per-view like three weeks before the pay-per-view. So they just extend that last chapter over three episodes and it gets kind of boring, but they made a lot of, you know, major, uh, switches and, and changes in, in, in the way that you're seeing the dynamics between the competitors. Um, they even added competitors to a match in the go-home show. Like, we, we now know that the Wyatts are facing Slater and Rhino, uh, which we didn't know last week. So, like, that's, that's really good. I like seeing those kind of things uh, added to go-home shows. It makes it uh, appointment viewing.
0: The main event of this show – felt like a real TV main event. This when the, when the brand split happened, this is what I wanted. I wanted two established talents or, or any number. one, three doesn't really matter. I wanted established talents working with unestablished talents that had potential in order to elevate them to have interesting new storylines, new programs. That's not necessarily what we've had. I mean to, to a degree we have, but this was, in my opinion, the most prime example. Of that American Alpha versus Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. I've not really been interested in anything that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton have done in months, but I was very interested in this. I, I thought this was a pretty fine go home show. WWE's been not doing so bad the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm more than cool with this. We had 205 live later. We will talk about that later, of course. The show, however, kicked off with Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, a contract signing. Not their best work on the mic, but you know, far from like the stuff that we were used to years ago. So that's an improvement. Things got physical here. We're getting a tables match. I didn't think these two would have a tables match because I question as to whether either one of them could go through a table. Alex.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me too. I mean, but they kind of disproved that during this segment. For Becky, that's yeah, certainly a way you could put somebody through a table is by throwing them off of the top rope, you know. But then the whole thing is that, um, you know, that's that's something that they've been kind of, you know, loath to do with women. Uh, I, I I was pushing, uh, hoping for the first ever women's ladder match in this pay per view, but instead we get the first ever women's tables match. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to be before we get our first ever women's stairs match, Sean. But, uh, that
0: ain't happening.
1: Well, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Charlotte's been using the stairs a lot lately.
1: Yes, she has. So, you know, we'll never know. And As we all know, uh, all submission maneuvers hurt more when performed on hard surfaces like announce tables and stairs. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I really I, – I liked this segment for what it was. I mean, Alexa Bliss is the all-time queen when it comes to – being given dreck to say and making yeah. it sound at least interesting. She's really, really good. Like really, really good. And so young. I mean, if she decides to stick around for like eight years,
0: she's going to be great. Just really I was great. I was asking this question. I was like, how many main roster women right now are future WWE Hall of Famers? And I started to think, and I'm like, holy shit, there's like eight or nine of them that could be. Bailey's going to be, Becky's going to be, Sasha's going to be, Charlotte. You know, Stephanie is. Natalia probably gets there. Nikki probably gets there. I think Alexa gets there, and I I think Renee Young gets there because I don't know that they've had a better. She's probably top three interviewers of all time in WWE, not regardless male female. So that's now think about that. To th- now they are struggling to find women to put into the Hall of Fame because yeah. they had been. They just weren't. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, not uh, Put on that level. They weren't put on that level. They even if even if the thing that that we're we're we can see now is that you know women. It's very possible we're capable of working these kinds of matches, you know, for twenty years, but we weren't teaching them the right things or putting them in the right places to do that kind of stuff, and so you you wonder, uh, you know, what. What women you know who were wrestling back then could could have learned and perfected and been and done given the chance. So uh, I, I'm I mean I agree with you. There are a lot of really great talented women in the in WWE right now who are only going to get better because they're all really
0: young. Somebody asks which feud was better, Lita and Trish or Sasha and Charlotte? I think Sasha and Charlotte, and I'll tell you why. It is a very good feud in a time when women's wrestling is very good. Trish and Lita was a decent to just above average feud when women's wrestling was not at the level it is now, whether it be in the ring, outside of the ring, how it's portrayed. I think because it was just a little above average to decent, it made it seem a lot more important. Hey, they they treated it a lot more importantly than than most and, and that helped, but man, I think uh I think this one, I think we're seeing something really special And as I said on Monday, you have those people that are like, they pretend to embrace women's wrestling and they trash Charlotte and Sasha Banks. Like, oh, there are more than these two on the roster. Yeah, there are more than these two on the roster. This is working right now. This is working right now. There are other programs that will happen in the immediate future, though. Yeah,
1: I I mean, I I agree. I think think your real money comes to... Uh, where you're able to separate um, the women a little differently and maybe get Charlotte and Becky on one show and Sasha turning her heel, have her face Bailey on another, because those the, those are really your, your your four top ones right now. And, and I'll throw in, you know, uh, Alexa Bliss is the fifth uh, for me. Um, uh, I mean, Nikki Bell is, you know, doing great work and everything, but I feel like she's going to become part-time more than – uh, more than full time soon, so uh, I think those those four plus less bits are, are are really your your main uh, go tos right now. And to basically have uh, it seems like Bailey's got nothing to do on on Raw, and there's I think the, a lot of what you're hearing from who are disparaging the the Sasha Charlotte thing is that it just it re- it relegates Bailey into like backstage segments where she's like, "You're my best friend, and I'm rooting for you to Sasha," or sure. or she wrestles. Um, Dana Brooke for the ninth time in 10 weeks.
0: You know, somebody says, I would love to see Eva East in WWE. I think that is one of the best signings they can, they can uh, make right now. Somebody keeps asking me who the greatest wrestler of all time is. I don't know. It's subjective, man. I would say Shawn Michaels is probably the best performer. Okay. What else we got here? Ziggler, and Kalisto versus Miz and Baron Corbin. This is the, the old, Guys have a match. We're going to put them in a tag deal. You know, hey, sure. It's a two-hour show. Yeah, Ziggler and Kalisto win via DQ, so nobody eats the pin. Right. Cool. Uh, and, and it, furthered, so- it furthered, furthered, furthered the Corbin-Kalisto chair storyline. Right, which, you know, you got to do it. That, that's
1: what you, you're going to have see that in uh, go-home shows for TLC. Uh, if guys have a ladder ladder match coming up, there will be a ladder spot somewhere in in the in the match they wrestle beforehand same thing with chairs whatever uh the one thing i like about this is they didn't give it away for free basically like Kalisto almost exclusively wrestled the miz corbin also almost exclusively wrestled ziggler so you don't you don't you didn't have, they didn't have to worry about you know using spots and stuff that they might have had to save for uh for sunday so i mean this this was great for what it was it was an old school two heels and two faces having a tag match
0: somebody says Sean I really like the Gerald Harris story thank you um it's my fourth long form this year I have an idea for next year's first long form I can't reveal it but I have talked to a couple people about it talked to Cole Cabana about it actually so maybe that's a little hint but it's not really a hint because you would never figure it out Yeah, the the tag team match, I I saw them do that, and I was like, I'm not interested in this, and I was like, you know what? It's a go-home show. I'll give it a little leeway. It bridges the gap. American Alpha cut a promo in the back. It seemed a little heelish. I didn't like the promo. I think that giving these guys forced lines is going to get them under instead of getting them over. They get over in the ring, but – As Gable and Jordan proved last year when they formed a team, they can get over in backstage segments. The ready, willing, and Gable thing, how Gable is so persistent that it carried over from the backstage segments to his on-screen character. That's not what we saw here, though.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's a weird thing. I feel like they're doing a lot of the same stuff in their promo work that they did in NXT, which got them over huge with full-sale crowds. But I don't know that, you know, full-sale crowds are really different than, than SmackDown crowds. So, you know, they, they want different things. So this uh, really earnest, totally confident, young best buddies thing that that really endeared all, all the NXT fans to, uh, to Gable and Jordan, I don't know if it's going to work the same way with, you know, the mainstream uh, fans. But we'll see. I, I know that when they do the amazing stuff they do in the ring, that gets over big with the regular casual fans. So we'll see if they are, they're able to either forgive the, uh, the promo work or, uh, or connect the two things and uh, see it as all one big package.
0: Either way, I'm glad American Alpha is getting some more screen time. When they were drafted, before they were drafted, I was like, man, these are two guys that could be something special. And I hate it. I hate when WWE does this thing where they're like, okay, we're bringing them up, but, the, but we're just going to keep them off TV. We want him up here, but the push isn't right now. They did that with Sasha. They just kept her off TV. Yeah. I'm like, what's the damn point of having it? Have him crush some jabronis. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Have him just beat the tar out of some people. Um, Carmella comes out, cuts a promo about Nikki Bella's boobs. Um, she says that she is going to smash them with a chair until they slam through the back of her spine. I don't know. Yeah, like Nikki Bella's dealt with enough spinal, spinal stuff. <laughs> as <laughs> Mike gonna- Tyson would say, as Mike Tyson would say, it's spinal.
1: <laughs> I, am gonna hit you in your Bella twins so hard they're gonna come out your back.
0: Sorry, John. Like that was. Hey, uh, now where where's your, where are you getting triggered about objectifying Nikki Bella here? Listen, no,
1: this is the whole thing. Is that my, a lot of my trigger thing? If you want to use it, which I think it's a stupid term, uh, I hate. I hate when people, uh, when when the baby faces do stuff like that because yeah. because the WAB wants me to cheer for them doing it. When a heel does it, i supposed now, to do
0: that person. Yeah. We live in a Trump world now, Alex. I know. It's true. We do. We live in a brand new world. And see, people are like, well, you should avoid those characters altogether. I don't think you should. I think you should have some characters that objectify people because there are humans like that. And if we want this to be more realistic, we we have to approach it. My thing is it always happens to Lana. It always seems to happen to Lana like nobody else. Nope. Yeah. Like – why wouldn't Enzo do that to anybody else? Right. Why wouldn't he run in to say Naomi or, I mean, Nikki Bella, if they were on the same show? Right. Why not? Yeah. Nikki Bella runs out, attacks Carmella. Carmella's match never happens. Well, I always said was- I, w- I wanted the Peter Griffin versus the chicken angle to happen. I didn't want it to happen with Carmella and Nikki Bella. Right.
1: Or or Kalisto and Baron Corbin. Uh, yeah, th- this is the thing. Uh, we can't we can't move past this. That was a Goldberg esque spear that she hit Carmella with. That was really yeah. good. It was good. Uh, I I I think that you know Nikki Bella. Uh, you know this match is is going to be something on Sunday. I don't know what they're going to do to make it do- no DQ. Basically, like it's you know if it's just going to be one of those things where they they fight outside the ring a lot and throw each other into the ring steps and the barricade. Like, they do that in regular matches. So they're going to have to pull out something to make this worthwhile. Uh, I don't know if it's the chair to the boobs thing, but we'll have to see.
0: Guys, by the way, thank you all for those of you who waited up for the podcast that didn't happen last night. I did a little uh, Q&A, myself and Alex did, to kind of make good for for Google Hangouts screwing up. But I wanted to thank you. If you're into that type of thing, head over to our Fightful.com forums. Register absolutely free to get access to stuff like that. We do Q&As in the forums all the time. Also, you can enter the uh, Phil Singer Games contest, which is still going, probably a few more days, maybe another week. Head on over to our forum. Pitch your best WrestleMania storyline, whether it's a kickoff show or a main event. And uh, you could win a free Phil Singer Games starter pack. So check that out uh, over at Fightful.com on the forums. Register absolutely we had the ambrose asylum james ellsworth was (laughs) on the show and dean ambrose asked who he was cheering for and ellsworth said well listen it'd be an honor to face you for the wwe title but i've already beat aj styles three times which i love that that's his thing like 10 years from now if he's on the indies like by then the crowd will have turned on him he'll be able to do the jericho thing alex where he's like i beat the rock and Stone Cold in the same night, he'll say that he'll be like, I beat AJ Styles yeah. three times. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I I I almost hope AJ never really gets his win back, so so, so that so that Ellsworth can go onto the Indies and say, laugh yeah, time three and against against AJ
0: Styles. I I I have a great idea. Yeah. So this match should happen like. I hope it happens, like, in between... Obviously, it'll happen between TLC and the Royal Rumble. But I hope there's, like, a three- to four-week build. And in between that, I hope they bring even worse jobbers in to lose to James Ellsworth. Like, Daniel Bryan's giving him warm-ups. Like, they bring in Gilbert and Colin Delaney. And, like, if they can dig up Barry Horowitz, find out where he is. Give him (laughs) warm-up matches before his championship matches.
1: (laughs) Uh I, I think they should bring back El Torito for one night to have him lose to, 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 to James Ellsworth.
0: I think it should get competitive with Torito, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it should.
0: Yeah. Because Torito's fantastic. He's a phenomenal work director. He He's
1: what,
0: what is that, Alex? That's Who's my, calling?
1: Uh, I, uh, actually, it's my wife. She knows I'm doing this podcast. I don't know why she's doing that. I'll have to text her.
0: Yep. Alex. Jeez. Professionals here. We had, okay, so AJ Styles comes out, gets into it with Ambrose, I believe. But the the real story is he beats the ever-loving shit out of James Ellsworth. Uh, James Ellsworth sure as hell took this Styles Clash right off the stairs onto the floor. He killed James Ellsworth. Yep. This was fantastic. Best possible use of Ellsworth.
1: Yeah, I I uh, I really love this. Um, it, it it got a chance for AJ to show his viciousness, and he he was not having it anymore. You know, uh, I wrote in my uh, my old uh, in my um, my preview for last night that AJ Styles has been stuck in his own personal Groundhog Day with uh, with Dean Ambrose as Ned Ryerson. Bing. And, uh, and James Ellsworth as Punk to Tawny Phil. And every week he comes out and it's like he has to do the whole thing all over again. Dean does something stupid and crazy to distract him and somehow Ellsworth wins. And he was not going to have that on, on, uh, on Sunday. So he got rid of Ellsworth to make sure that Ellsworth wasn't around to distract him in his match with Dean. Uh, and uh, it really furthered the story between Dean and AJ as well using Ellsworth as that piece that that will um you know uh drive Dean as we'll see later to uh to get revenge on AJ.
0: Okay, I fixed my audio. Sorry about that guys. <laughs> my apologies. Um either way uh we had uh this Luke Harper Kane situation. Uh I can't remember how much of this you all actually got there's a little bit of a break in our audio i'm sure for those of you who listen on on itunes but uh kane defeats luke harper luke harper is fantastic at this point uh it's unfortunate that um that he is in this treading water stage but he's kind of bulletproof like he can't he can't um he can't be put under any more than, than what he already has been. And it seems like he's just kind of a placeholder until Luke Harper comes back or until Eric Rowan comes back. And that's, that's unfortunate, but they're keeping the 49 year old Kane over to a degree. I don't know for what maybe he worked some tag matches eventually with, with the undertaker. Not sure. Not sure. Alex says he is blocked from <laughs> rejoining the chat. Let me, uh, let me uh, make sure that uh, we can get him back in here. I ejected him because his audio was screwing with my audio. Either way, if not, then you got me. You got me. We had American Alpha versus uh, versus Kane, or versus uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, rather. Uh, this was a good match, uh, to, to be expected. Like, it... When Randy Orton tries something different and he's motivated, you see how, really, how good he really is. And he is phenomenal. Uh, very, very underrated. Kane did get a good pop, somebody said in the, in the uh, chat. But Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton work really well together. I liked it. I liked that they needed the, the help of Bray Wyatt to beat American Alpha. It made American Alpha look a little bit better. Somebody says, wish this match went for an hour. I think they could have went 40 minutes, no problem. American Alpha are gems. They are real talents. So Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton win. Then afterwards, we see Rhino and Heath Slater backstage and they're not scared. Good for them. But then AJ Styles comes up. (laughs) AJ Styles comes up and he just starts talking trash to Rhino. Like he's He's trying to get that, that March 2008 loss to Rhino from TNA Impact back or something. Like, just, just all of a sudden, he's like, sup, Rhino, I'm here to talk some shit. Dean Ambrose shows up and beats the hell out of him. Cool way to end the show. Get you a little pump for that, that match Sunday. I don't know how many times they can do the damn match, but this is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be TLC. Ambrose often complains about having a guy who will... Do, or I didn't often. He complained that one time about Brock Lesnar not being willing to do anything in their match. AJ Styles is going to do some stuff, especially in a TLC match. So all too happy to see that. Also, yeah, somebody, uh, Olay, Sammy Ole says, Dean runs in and says, you bastard. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that too. So that was SmackDown. And somebody uh, says Becky was completely different on Talking Smack. They're all completely different on Talking Smack. They're themselves. That's why this stuff is a lot better. 205 Live. This is a lot of hit and miss. Oh, man, the Bollywood Boys. (sighs) This show needed to start off on a really high-flying note, like a really, I-can't-believe-these-people-are-able-to-do-this type of note. The Bollywood Boys are so cornball. They are so corny. So just corny. Corny. They don't need to do that. This is not going to get over. It is not going to get over like this. There is not a chance that that gets over. So, Cornball. They beat Drew Gulak, Tony Nice. The match was fine. Um The, the promo, the dialogue that Tony nice and Drew Gulak had after the match. Eh. Eh. I don't know about all that. I did like the the video intros they did. To let you know about these people, they should be doing that more. They should be doing that on, on uh, Raw, too. There's a lot they should be doing on Raw, but this is one of those situations where it, it, it lets you know who you're watching a little bit better, and that's very important because you don't know them, you don't give a shit about them unless they impress you in the ring. And today, uh, you know, I I did an interview with Shane Helms earlier this year, and he said – the reason why cruiserweights weren't around for a while and it's hard to get that style over is everybody works that style. Everybody works the X-Division cruiserweight style now. Seth Rollins and AJ Styles do that in every match. Now, cruiserweights are lighter than normal. They they used to be 225 pounds, 220 pounds. That's a heavyweight in the UFC. Now the limit is 205 pounds. That's still a light heavyweight in WWE. Now the Bollywood boys are like 155, 160. So they're not all that big but uh, I just didn't want this to be a sideshow and I feel like they made it a sideshow we had Austin Aries on commentary he was a lot of hit and miss too I feel like he ripped a lot of Jerry Lawler's 1990s lines some of them good some of them bad maybe this is a vehicle to get Austin Aries over especially while he's waiting I think 205 live is the best use of Austin Aries because I don't know if he's going to break out in NXT I don't know if anybody can break out on 205 Live, but I think having him in that cruiserweight division would be a great thing. They also had this intro that had Rich Swann, T.J. Perkins, Jack Gallagher, Hoho Lunn, Bollywood Boys, Noam Duar, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, Arya Davare, Cedric Alexander, Lince Dorado, Akira Tozawa, Mustafa Ali, Grand Metalik, and Brian Kendrick on the stage. The only reason this is important is because later on we got a package saying, Grand Metalik, coming soon. I'm like, coming soon. We just saw the guy on the damn stage. Why do we got to wait on him? That was weird. Somebody explain that one to me. We got a package from Noam Dwar. It was, again, the story of the show hit or miss. It was good, but not great. But either way, hey, I'm cool. I'm, I'm glad they're introducing these guys. They really needed to. Jack Gallagher, Arya Davari. Jack Gallagher really got over with the almost make it look effortless, escape artist. It's a shame. Simon Gotch really can do a lot of this stuff, but hasn't been given that platform as a baby face to do so. I saw him and Chad Gable do some of the most unbelievable uh, chain wrestling in Columbus at the uh, Arnold Classic. By the way, who's going to be at that? Who's going to be at the uh, Arnold Classic in Columbus in March? Lots of great NXT wrestling there. I, I go there every year, do some work, get some photos, videos, uh, hopefully some interviews. But that, that's that's a joy to watch. Jack Gallagher is going to do it. See, I was hoping that the smack that that the cruiserweights would go to SmackDown that way. Jack Gallagher could lead the VOD villains, and they could be like his heavyweight cronies. But that's not happening. Jack Gallagher wins with a running drop kick. Don't know about that finish, but hey. If if you if you get something over Big Show uses a punch as a finish. I'm cool. I, I wasn't cool with it at first, but it legit finishes people in real life, so why not? Hype package for Lince Dorado, who talks about how he got his name, saying he's a hybrid luchador and that he's like a cat. It says that his finisher is a shooting star press, and he's going to do this for the people of Puerto Rico. Well, at least they have somebody besides the shining stars. We get a package of uh, Rich Swan where he talks about growing up without a father or a mother and says that wrestling was his redemption. Uh, he's there to have fun, and then he has more charisma than anyone else. I I liked the first half of this video package. There to have fun. They got to cut that shit out. Also, wrestlers need to stop saying they have charisma. Like John Morrison, he's another one. He's like, I'm so Charismatic. His charisma extends to him saying that he has charisma. It's like, who are you trying to convince, man? Like, hey, show us on the mic. Show us in the ring. Don't sit there and say, hey, I promise I have charisma. Just believe me, I have charisma. Somebody says SRS do a guest show with Vince Russo. I will whenever he decides to cover pro wrestling again, uh, and if he wants to. Kendrick versus Rich Swan. I thought this match started out slow, then it picked up. Ooh, by the end, was this a good match. There was a, a really awesome, I think, a Blue Thunder driver from Rich Swann. Rich Swann doesn't go off the top rope a lot. I didn't realize this until I watched an up, up, down, down, where he said that he's afraid of heights, if you would believe that. He does a lot of flip. Like, he did one off the barricade. He does that phenomenal flip over people. That's really cool. This was the right match to have here the two biggest characters in your cruiserweight division so far. And Rich Swann isn't a great character, but he can get you invested emotionally with the story about his past. And, and I think that's a great move. These two did everything. And, and uh, like, I love Kendrick using like the reverse suplex uh, Swan. He countered into a high angle, uh, belly to back suplex, lots of good stuff in this match. It told a great story before the match during the match, after the match. That's what you want out of pro wrestling. You want something that will tell a great story before, during, and after. And he took to the mic, not Rich Swann did rather, and said, I did this for my mother. I wish she could be here, but she's here in spirit. It got a great pop from the crowd. What bit of the crowd was left? Uh, we were told that they left in masses as the show started. We reported that over at Fightful Online on Twitter. And Facebook, go follow both of those, please. Um, but there, there are a lot of stuff on this show I liked, a lot of stuff I didn't like. They they played racial stereotypes on this show. Not cool with that. Like, I guess some racial stereotypes are there for a reason, but when WWE does it so often, mm. no, don't want that. Don't want that. Overall, I thought 205 Live... Had a lot of room to improve. But that last match, that last segment was phenomenal. I really liked it. Interesting to see that they've changed the titles so quick already. But I guess that that promotes competitiveness in the division. It shows that your division is competitive. That no one talent is above all. I still wish that Neville would join this division and he would come in as a heel because they need heels. They really need heels in this division. Uh, Top-level heels, especially. But um, like they, they have and Gulak and Kendrick. I'm trying to think if they have anybody else. Perkins isn't very likable. He should be a heel too. But I thought Neville should be the heel that's like kind of pissed that like, why wasn't I in the tournament? Why didn't I get a shot at the title? Why haven't I gotten these opportunities, but you all are getting your own show while I've sat here and wasted away with all of my talent. That's how I thought it should be. Send in some questions, you guys. I have a little bit of time to answer. Somebody says, can Google like do a WWE-style heel, heel promo? I don't know. Do I think Jason Jordan can be the new rock? No, I don't. Um, I think he's very, very, very talented, though. And he can be something special, but I don't know about the new Rock. I mean, he needed Gable. He was about out of chances before Gable came around. So for now, he needs, he needs Chad Gable. Raw viewership up. Over 3 million for all three hours. That's interesting. Uh, 3.110 million viewers. It's the I think it's yeah, the second best rating since the NFL started this year. Uh, they had an episode that did three point one three. All three hours up over three million. that's good news. Um, it's really good news. No Goldberg on this show. so it's up over last week when you came off of that 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 really controversial main event of Survivor Series. It was number four on cable behind Monday Night Football, O'Reilly Factor and the five. I didn't expect like the O'Reilly factor or the five to hang around after election season, but it's still a hot topic, which the O'Reilly factor has always done pretty good, pretty good numbers. So, uh, yeah. Hey, check out our two features that I mentioned earlier. Um, George St. Pierre, Gerald Harris, lots of good stuff there. Telling you all you got to You got to check it out. Alex said, should they start doing 205 Live before SmackDown instead of after at least the fans wouldn't leave? Yeah, I think that they're going to end up doing 205 Live before Raw, like in a month and a half, two months maybe. Because they're flying all these guys to two towns instead of just filming it before Raw. What are you filming before Raw now? Eh, just bring the guys to Raw. Air it the next night. It's not that big of a deal then you can't call it 205 Live, I guess. Somebody keeps asking me to talk about Carmella's face. Get a job, man. I don't I don't really care about what you think about Carmella's face. How many times has Eddie Guerrero mentioned on 205 Live? I didn't pay much attention to it. But why it's when the tag belt at TLC. If they don't, I think that Orton probably turns. So there we go. As always, guys... Um, somebody goes SRS, are you going to WrestleMania? Here's the thing. That's a big work week for me. Uh, I have Alex around as an associate editor. um, So he'll be around. So I may go there before WrestleMania and get some content, like some video content, some interviews, some photos, stuff like that. I don't know if I'll be at WrestleMania. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not interested in being at WrestleMania. Actually, I'm, it's never been a thing. It's like, okay, I have to go to WrestleMania. I prefer to cover it from my house. Also, um, you know, I, I don't like to travel that much. I mean, hey, if Jimmy Van asked me to travel, your boy is going to travel. It's part of the job, and I do whatever it takes to do this job. Uh, working long hours, working every day. I'm cool with that. Travel, not a big deal. I'll do it fast. But if given the option, I would probably go there, get some content, then come home for WrestleMania because I mean, I got a podcast to do and the podcast is a big part of the site. And needless to say, we would do a lot of traffic for that podcast right after. Now, if I'm there, it's going to take me probably an hour just to get out of the building, out of the parking, all that stuff. I don't want to do a WrestleMania podcast at 1230 in the morning from a hotel that may or may not have good internet reception. Yeah. Fightful.com, y'all. It's where to be. Lots of exclusives. We oh, by the way, shit. How did I forget this? EC3. He's writing for us now. Uh, we didn't officially name it the Pro Series till now, but Matt Riddle, formerly Vince Russo, now EC3. We're talking some other names. Our Pro Series of content from names within wrestling, within boxing, within MMA. Uh, We're going to have writing, podcasting, columns, all kinds of stuff. So EC3 is going to try it out for a while, see how you all like some writing. (laughs) Let us know what you want him to write about, and uh, we'll pass it along. Maybe he'll write about it. Uh, Element Games says, Sup "Sup, Element Games, I know who you are. You've got like 3 billion subscribers. Somebody says, I like the Pro Series. Yeah, uh, I wanted to do something different. With this website, I wanted to bring you all all the news, wrestling, MMA, boxing. I wanted to bring you features; those are growing now. I wanted to bring you exclusives. We've done that. I wanted to bring you interviews. We've sure as hell done that. Um, so, uh, this guy about the Carmelo thing—he says WWE even posted a video of it. I, I don't really care. Either way, uh, podcasts—we're doing that too. Non-stop podcasting. Now we want to get into uh, more. We want to get you inside the mind of professional wrestlers, inside the mind of MMA fighters, inside the mind of boxers, inside the minds of people th- of who work backstage. So if you have people that you want to see write for Wrestling Inc. or, or not Wrestling Inc. Jeez, boy, talk about a, an error there! Blast from the past um, for Fightful.com, which is much better, by the way. Tag them on Twitter. Say, hey, go over there. uh, Go over to fightful.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what's on your mind. Hey, EC3 could write about the backstage stuff in TNA. He could write about being taught submissions by Daniel Bryan. He could write about how I screw up and called Fightful Wrestling Inc. just now. Hey, hey, you know, I doubt I'm getting flown to WrestleMania now. (laughs) Somebody asks if there's any heat with me in wrestling. No, I still get along with those people. Mark Middleton helped me a lot. Raj helped me a lot. Somebody says EC3 podcast. Uh we have talked about that. He doesn't want to host. And I, I've told him, hey man, I'll host. I host everything. Host everything. So hopefully we can get him on one. I've been talking to a few other names as well. Like I said, tag these people on Twitter. Say, go to work for fightful.com. We want you. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Fightful.com, place to be. Share it. Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook groups. All that stuff really helps. I'm back tonight with Showdown Joe. We're talking about this industry-changing announcement. We're previewing uh, this weekend's tough finale and a couple Bellator shows. Fun times, you guys. For Alex Pawlowski, who disappeared. Stay fresh, my friends.